You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. I haven't broken any laws. What would you have, ma'am? You lied to us. That could be obstruction of justice. A man has been killed in part because of your silence. I could make out a charge of reckless endangerment. And I'm sure Peter would be annoyed at how you treat your cows. If I had a dick, this is where I'd tell you to suck it. Hello everybody, my name is Zach. I'm Brandon. And you're listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies, the ones you grew up nostalgic about. Uh, We watch them objectively. We let you know, are these movies any good, or are you blinded by nostalgia? This week we watched 1999's Creature Feature Comedy? Can I call it a comedy? Lake Placid. I don't think you're allowed to call it a comedy. Do I call it a horror movie? An action thriller? Yeah. Yeah, action thriller, I think you're allowed okay. to call it that. It's trying to be Jaws. Yeah, well, you'll never know what bit you. Oh, God. <laughs> Until halfway through the movie. <laughs> it's true. It takes a little bit. Yep, then you'll finally see it. Yeah. Uh, Lake Placid. Yeah, this was a movie. These are some of my favorite movies to cover on the podcast, ones where I've seen them so many times. I know I'm like the back of my hand, and I know going into this, there's no way Zach's going to like this movie. Yeah. No, not a chance. And uh, <laughs> stay tuned to find out if that's uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe I've had a change of heart on the uh, on the whole like 90s <laughs> creature feature. Uh, boom. Yeah. But I mean, right off the bat, I have issues with this movie's just in its name. <laughs> yes. Its title but, is a precarious one, which we'll get into. I'll just I'll get it right off the bat for me. First watch. Uh, first watch of Lake Placid. So I have no nostalgia to be checked in this episode. Um, I'd heard of it and I knew Betty White was in it just because she died. And that was like one of the like, if you're sad about Betty White, binge Betty White stuff and we make money. But and like Lake Placid was like one of the first suggestions. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Like because I Golden Girls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like a crocodile movie with Betty White. All right. Yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, so that's that's my history with it. Which is none. Well, I mean, this was a movie I was pretty obsessed with back in the day because I just loved, I mean, any of these killer animal movies that were coming out around this time. And this was one right in that wheelhouse. It came out in 99. So I was, yeah, eight when I when it came out. And then I didn't probably watch it until it hit VHS cassette. But I do remember owning it. Uh, it was it sat right next to Deep Blue Sea right there on that shelf in my bedroom. And uh, yeah, um, a movie that I haven't seen in a good maybe four five or six years, I do know that uh, Scream Factory, one of my favorite uh, physical media companies, actually put out a pretty decent edition, like a collector's edition of this a few years back, and so that was the last time I had seen it. A movie that I know going into this watch wasn't going to be great, but I was curious to see, watching this, you know, in a critical lens, uh, analytically anyway, is it, was this movie ever good, um, or was I just a stupid kid from the start? <laughs> you know, I'm so, so glad that you brought up Deep Blue Sea, too, because I, I found myself last night just kind of sitting there after the movie comparing, like, I think a good benchmark for this is do I like it more than Deep Blue Sea or not? Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. This was actually released just two weeks before that movie. Really? Two weeks before Deep Blue Sea? Wow. Yeah. I mean, 99, it was a crazy summer for movies going through the list there. But Lake Placid, it's directed by Steve Miner, whom we've actually covered on this show before, as he was the director of uh, Halloween Water. H2O, <laughs> 20 years later. <laughs> also brought us Friday the 13th, 2 and 3, uh, House, Soul Man, Warlock, Forever Young, My Father the Hero, Sherwood's Travels, Big Bully, and Texas Rangers. 
and now recently he's just been directing a whole lot of TV. Yeah. Good lord! I don't think there's a there was a single thing in that discography that I'm like, yeah. Oh, dude, Halloween Water, Friday the Thirteenth, two and three. The guy clearly knows horror, so I get why you'd get the job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Who my most confused got the job was the screenwriter here. This is actually written by David Kelly, who was at the time known for his work on TV by creating huge fucking shows like Chicago Hope, uh, Doogie Howser, Ally McBeal, and he's still doing that now? Like, he's only done one or two film scripts, responsible for some huge TV shows, even current ones like Big Little Lies, uh, The Undoing, Nine Perfect Strangers, and uh, that new one, Big Sky, I think, with Ryan Phillippe. Dude, I, I haven't seen any of those shows. <laughs> I have seen Big Little Lies, which I enjoyed. Uh, I've seen a couple episodes of that. Yeah, I think Ally McBeal was really his calling card back in the day. And you'll notice that from almost every line of dialogue where this really feels written like a sitcom almost, or, or at least the level of like sarcastic one-liners. It, it, I was going to save this for when we dug into it, but it's my biggest concern with this movie is just that like nobody's nice to each other in this film everyone's an asshole yeah everyone's a <laughs> dick and they all talk in one-liners and sarcasm and it's just brutal <laughs> this would have been right around the time uh, after kevin williamson sort of hit big with scream and williamson of course at that time had been writing for like dawson's creek and so the only thing i can think of is maybe these this other these other sitcom writers thought yeah maybe i can get in on this you know horror game it's just a weird choice that his first, you know, uh, movie script is a killer crocodile movie when he's known for all these sort of, uh, I wouldn't say prestige tele television shows, but popular 90s shows at the time anyway. Primetime television shows, yeah. But not a well-worn subgenre of creature feature films either, especially at the time. It's not like the shark movie subgenre, this, this killer croc alligator uh, subgenre before this movie. Um, we really only had, I think it was what, Alligator and, and Killer Crocodile. Those are, you know, I'd say maybe beloved by horror fans, but they're not mainstream movies by any stretch. Um, and after this, we got movies like Rogue, uh, Primeval, that were at least theatrically released, Alligator, Crocodile movies. But nothing seems to have hit the success of this movie until, I think, Crawl from a couple years back. That's the last one I could think of anyway. Did you see that one about the hurricane and the girl gets stuck in her house and there's a bunch of alligators or some shit? No. Oh, I remember when it came. I remember when it came out though. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I did not see it. Um, but 1999 is a, uh, a it's peak creature feature goodness. By the way, uh, obviously I'm an enormous fan of this genre, and at that point in time, the release is like I mean, it started I think with with Tremors in 1990, and then Jurassic Park obviously sort of blew it up in '93. Um, and then we got a ton of different monster-like movies like Deep Rising, The Relic, and then a ton of these killer animal movies. We had Mimic, which was cockroaches, uh, you know, Anaconda, which I'm hoping we cover on the show yeah, you, someday. You pitch I... Anaconda once a month. Every other week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Not to mention all of, of the sci-fi channel Felix, um, that are, you know, still coming out now. I, you go to a Walmart and you look at the, the DVD rack there, there's somehow some, like, Killer Croc versus Anaconda or some bullshit every other week. But Damn. to get these actually released in theaters was pretty difficult. And um, the fact that this came out just two weeks before Deep Blue Sea goes to show you, yeah, 99, we were just fucking throwing everything at the wall. And we were just like, and, yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. That summer in particularly uh, was a huge one. In fact, so, so it opened at number three in mid-July, the same week Eyes Wide Shut opened at number one. Uh, at number two was previous episode American Pie, which was in its second week of release. Uh, Lake Placid 3, number four was Big Daddy in its fourth week, and uh, previous oh episode, God. Wild Wild West at number five in its third week. 
What a time to go to the movies. What a fucking month. Yeah. Jesus. We had to look forward to Blair Witch Project and uh, Sixth Sense later this month. So, yeah, it was a huge month that July. Um, and, of course, yeah, the aforementioned Deep Blue Sea. But Lake Placid cost $35 million to make. It earned $37 million in the U.S. and $56 million worldwide. Ended up placing 64th on the domestic box office charts in 1999, just below October Sky. And ahead of the mm. long-forgotten Harrison Ford film, Random Hearts. You remember Random Hearts, Zach? No, but October Sky is a stay tuned because I fucking loved that movie. Great movie. Genuinely good movie. Yeah, yeah genuinely I seen that in a good, great movie. A good while, yeah. though. Yeah, so. yeah, it's been a minute. But I'm, I'm sure that one holds up, so maybe we won't probably. Definitely. Yeah. A little Jakey Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Lake Placid has a 5.7 on IMDb, a 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a critic's consensus that reads, Betty White's delightful supporting turn may be worth the price of admission alone, but Lake Placid is swamped by a smarmy script and inability to deliver on the creature feature mayhem. I have issues with that consensus already because I don't, I don't necessarily believe Betty White in her five minutes of screen time. <laughs> Just because Betty White's cussing like a sailor doesn't mean it's like, no, dude, you gotta go to the theaters and fucking give them money for this. <laughs> but that literally was it at the time. That, that I know. Was, that was the hook, which is hilarious. To because, me because they couldn't picture, they couldn't picture a, an 80-year-old or whatever she was at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, around 80, maybe 70, swearing up and down because she... You, she calls someone a fuck stick in this movie, and it's don't get me oh. wrong, it's the best part of the movie. It's hilarious, Definitely. but it's yeah, for sure. But I, I not Worth enough the to, price of admission. No, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Roger Ebert's in your corner. He was not a fan of this. He gave it one out of four stars. Actually, put it on his uh, ten worst of the year list. <laughs> wow. And yeah, I mean, despite it being a moderate box office success, it was a hit on home video, so much so that it spawned five sequels. We had Lake Placid what? 2 in 2007. Yeah, I didn't know most of these existed. Lake Placid 3 in 2010. Lake Placid, the final chapter. That was a lie. 2012. Lake Placid versus Anaconda, which I have huge problems with because it purports that the name of the crocodile is Lake Placid. I don't, I don't know what that means. Or yeah, like that, what, is, what the what? creature's called, Lake Placid. And then there was Lake Placid Legacy in 2018. What the fuck, dude? That's the one where we follow Bill Pullman as he's a grill, grizzled, um, you know, game fishing game warden, <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> like trying to search for the original <laughs> crocodile that killed <laughs> exactly. Fishing Doing the real Jamie Lee Curtis, and Laurie Strode bit. Fishing and game is really taking its toll on my life. Oh gosh, no, of course, none uh, of the God. actors returned for any of this, nor did the uh, creative team behind it, which did include, of course, Stan Winston, who did the uh, crocodile. Uh, special effects. Brendan Gleeson, one of the most famous Irish actors of our time, didn't want to come back for the seventh <laughs> Lake Placid movie. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, after like yeah, In Bruges and all these fantastic films, he just thought I'm uh, that's beneath me. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't want to show up for a movie where they're gonna call me fat for eighty two minutes. Yeah, yeah, what the fuck? Buy another he gets fat guy. Fucking, yeah, he gets fucking abused. <laughs> used in this movie and i just know that like him being as good of an actor as he actually is i i just felt terrible because i was like <laughs> god he must have been like this whole movie he must have just been like what the fuck was i thinking a paycheck brother that's what he was thinking yeah, yeah. A paycheck um well before we get into this just to hit the old mpaa rating it was rated r for violent creature attacks and related gore and for language <laughs> 
Body count of two in this movie, by the way. Holy shit. I didn't even think of that until right now, but yeah, you're right. There is a shockingly low body count. This I don't know if you could feature this on the old kill count there, Dead Meat, because yeah, he'd, he'd run out and stop it too. For a creature feature in which there's like a man-eating animal that they're super concerned about, only two people die in this movie. Well, I think, Zach, the characters are just so beloved, you don't want to see any of them go. I think that's what the screenwriter's going for anyway. I'd have been okay if no one walked away from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have oh, been okay if, if Betty White turned into like some sort of witch doctor and like put a spell <laughs> on all yeah. of them. And Sick then this crocodile on a ball? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd have been a better uh, movie. Better movie. All right. Well, Zach, anything else you uh, wanted to mention before you got into this? Uh, no, not really. I again, I think I just take issue with the with the title of this movie. Yeah, and we can really start off with that right now because we open supposedly in Aroostook County, Maine. Uh, but I believe this the act- county. Yeah, this looks a whole lot more like Canada to me. And I did look into it, and it was yeah, it was shot in British Columbia, of course. Yeah, of course. And yeah, it takes place, I believe, on Black Lake, which does exist in Fort Kent, Maine. But this is not that location, and the movie inexplicably is called Lake Placid, which is in New York. Which is in New York, and they even like <laughs> mention that in the movie. They they say, "Well, we wanted to call it Lake Placid, but apparently somebody else already named it that." It's like, uh, what? Yeah, is, is that the same case with the screenwriter where he was just like, "Well, I wanted to call it Lake Placid because it's a cool it must have title, been." I wonder like, if yeah, uh, yeah. It Is just there doesn't... a Lake Placid in Maine? I, I no, can't remember. No, absolutely not. No, no Lake Placid yeah. in Maine. And I believe that this is maybe taking, it's taking place on Black Lake, which is the lake what it's called. But again, it doesn't actually take place in Fort Kent. I don't even think there's a town mentioned here, but whatever. I'm, I'm willing to forgive. Well, it, I, it's interesting because I was immediately, Brandon, obviously you're from Maine and I spent two years in Maine. Um, and I just was, I was shocked right off the bat with the attention to detail in the local law enforcement and everything because yes all the uniforms and all of that you and I working in news in Maine know the law enforcement pretty inside out there the attention to detail is staggering <laughs> i mean everything is exactly the Aroostook County Sheriff uniform is exactly what it looks like the main uh fishing and game logo is exactly what it looks like i was taken aback by the attention to detail that they they took into getting Aroostook County, Maine correct. <laughs> yes, and we thank you, Director Lake Placid Man. Yeah, and we thank you. <laughs> uh, but in an 82-minute-long movie, which, thank God, uh, we do have to sit through a good four-minute title sequence just to pad that runtime out for theatrical release, yeah, it seems. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad start. And the, uh, the title sequence here, for the most part, you know, you start coming up over these mountains and stuff, and then you just... For the most part, we're just stuck in like really murky green water where I can't see almost anything. But we open on fishing game officer uh, who's about to go tag some beaver. <laughs> He's accompanied by Sheriff Hank Keough, played by the incomparable Brendan Gleeson. Uh, I genuinely love this actor. In fact, this cast, for the most part, I've loved all of these people in other movies uh, many times before. I wasn't expecting to be as impressed with that as I was. I, I knew Bill Pullman was in it. Yep. I did not know Brendan Gleeson was in it, and that was quite a pleasant surprise when I saw his name pop up. Um, and Oliver uh, Platt, I yeah. was I was surprised there, too, because I love him. Um, also, you're not getting away with that beaver tagging joke. I'm mad at you. Gone. <laughs> So uh, the fishing game officer and, and the sheriff here, their quick little exchange, this witty banter, you 
immediately start off knowing what this film's going to be, and it's just constant back and forth. It's almost like Joss Whedon-esque dialogue where, or oh, How I Met Your terrible. Mother, just quippy and sarcastic, every, literally every line. It's awful. It drove me up the wall how much sarcasm is in this movie. Like I, there was a point when Betty White. By the time we get to Betty White's scene, her first scene, mm. and she starts off with the sarcasm, and then she like goes off into like a bit of dialogue that we'll get to. And I was like, "Wait, is she being serious or is she being sarcastic?" That's how bad it got that I just like didn't. I started as the audience member. I started losing track of who was saying something seriously and who wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's constant sarcasm and everyone being a dick to each other. No one's no one's a pleasant person. Uh, yeah. No one's no one's nice to each other, which makes this love story towards the freaking uh, end of it even worse. Really believable. Because, yeah, because I, I I remember sitting there by the end, I was like, did they say a single nice thing to each other? So the scuba diver, he heads into the water, he finds that sweet, sweet beaver den. And while his back is turned, he's attacked by something under the water. So he's dragged to the surface, uh, eventually ends up like clinging to the side of the boat, and Brendan Gleeson pulls him in. But wouldn't you know, dude, half of his body's gone. The lower half, pretty sweet. I like this here. It sets you up like, oh, fuck, this movie's going to be a bloodbath. Because we got some entrails. We got a guy cut in half. He's like screaming after he's died. And then, yeah, You'd hope pretty, so. pretty good little scene here. And Brendan Gleeson manages not to throw up the seven Twinkies that he just shoveled into his mouth. <laughs> forgot about that yes of course he's got to be eating twinkies because yeah. uh, he's a fat sheriff that's what they're going with yep um but yeah I, I unfortunately i think lake placid might blow its load here in the first scene because this is the most i don't think the kills ever match this level of brutality and when i say kills i do believe i like you said the i made one kill. other one yeah the one wow. other one did, did you not think <sighs> about that going into this podcast that's the thing is like every time i've seen this movie i know that it's more I know that it's more comedy than horror, or at least that's what they're going for, but it never struck yeah. me how really bloodless this movie is, despite us reading just the MPAA like, like rating that said there was some gore and violent attacks, and it's like, there's two. Well, I mean, the two of them are are pretty gory. Um, oh, dude, but, what about yeah. that bear scene, bro? The, the CGI bear scene? <laughs> yeah, somehow that one didn't really speak to me, but... <laughs> But you're right. No, it's crazy how, I, yeah, I just maybe, maybe because I was conflating that, even though seeing it so many times, just conflating this with the other monster movies of its time, like Anaconda, Deep Blue Sea, those movies have higher yeah. body counts. Because uh, again, they set up all these characters to kill one by one. This one here seems to set up these characters because they want you to genuinely just like these characters. Yeah, I, it's bizarre. Um, and I think this is exactly what this podcast is about because i feel like there's a lot of people who love this movie who would think back on it and be like oh yeah it's it's such a scary gross gory movie and there's literally like i th i think two jump scares and two deaths in the whole movie i mean like you've got four total elements of an actual scary movie the rest is kind of action thriller comedy a lot of genres yeah <laughs> a lot of genres getting mixed it's up a here. bizarre movie that I, I think is having trouble sort of picking lane. Yeah, it, it is. There's there's a lot of tonal shifts in here that I will say some of them, they feel successful when they cut you know back from like a really violent scene to some weird little quip. But more often than not, it does seem uh, a little clunky. For sure. But we're introduced to fish and game officer Jack Wells. <laughs> what a name. I love that. Uh, played by Bill Pullman, another NBD all-star, having been in, what, Casper and Independence Day. Love this guy. Yeah. 
absolutely sleeping through this movie. <laughs> I was just going to say, he could not be bothered to give a fuck. Uh, I am so, so very thankful that none of these people attempt the main accent, though. That's great. Oh, Brendan Gleeson almost slips into Irish like several times. He's just struggling just to maintain an American accent, let alone a main accent. Right. But we don't get any dead as better, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. But we, sh- we could have, and I'd have been happier. If there were more dead people, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, Jack and the sheriff are conducting an investigation into what happened. They do find a tooth that appears to be sort of prehistoric in nature, um, even though everyone there seems to claim it's, it's a bear. Hey, it's probably a bear that did this. <laughs> what? In the middle of the lake? What are you talking about? Yeah, what the fuck? A hard cut to the bustling streets of where, Zach? New York City. Hey, taxi pizza. Hey, pizza. I'm walking over here. Um, you better believe it, man. This is so fucking confusing to me. Everything about this is so confusing to me. Yeah, you go ahead and explain what's happening, and I'll I'll dive into why I think this is stupid. Well, yeah, we cut to a lady essentially hyperventilating. This is uh, American Museum of Natural History paleontologist Kelly Scott, played by Bridget Fonda. Huge crush on her back in the day. Though I'm not sure how I could have liked this character in the past because she's a real asshole. <laughs> she's from New York, Brandon. <laughs> of course. So, yeah, she's got to be a, a fast-talking, doesn't-like-nature yeah. paleontologist, which to me doesn't make a whole lot of sense for her character. Like, why does she like Does she like her job? I don't know. Why is she... <sighs> anyway, go on. <laughs> yep, all right, yeah, so sorry. I jumped ahead. So she's crying because she was just broken up with by her boss. This is played by uh, Adam Arkin. Um, she was in a relationship with, uh, so we catch up with her just after after she's been broken up with. She was an, he was nice enough to break up with her at work. Thank you. That's nice. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, boss. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she that's because he's been sleeping with. Mariska Hargitay. That came out of nowhere. Forgot all about this. And he needs to be reported to a board of directors or something because that's fucking absurd. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, now, when you look like Adam Arkin, and he's totally cool with it, basically, like, you know, can you just do your job? We Someone found a tooth, and now we're sending you up to Maine to look at this into this whole tooth matter, because that's what paleontologists do. Yeah, they investigate murders. They would have just sent the tooth. They wouldn't have, like, made a po- paleontologist come up to Maine, go into the morgue, <laughs> and, like, and like, okay, here's a tooth. Yeah, and she goes, well, can I see the body? And they're like, Why? says good because it might help and then they show her the body and she's like okay that didn't really help but i saw the body but yeah she is a paleontologist that 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 seems to hate most parts of her job or at least anything pertaining to like nature or wildlife itself well she's she's adamant that she doesn't do field work and she doesn't want to go to maine I i feel like this was a lie but and a joke but she doesn't want to go to maine because she's allergic to timber (laughs) <laughs> <That's a funny laughs> there's a lot of wood in maine it's just a weird i don't know what how i'm supposed to feel about this character like it seems like the they're they're setting her up as like the working girl who just needs to get that stick out of her ass in order to you know really let loose and, and learn to to live because clearly she is our lead character this is the person we're really following for the most part I'm just confused as to how the screenwriter wants us to perceive her because she really does come off as just shrill and and frankly annoying through most of this movie. Okay, I there is something having been a New Yorker moving to Maine, there is something to the whole like Mainers oh, yeah, culture shock. Culture shock and Mainers being like, "Oh, you're from New York, huh?" Yeah, like that that's boy. a real that is a real thing even yep. though I'm not from the city. Um that is a real thing. And 
and I I get that, but it's not enough to build an entire character around a joke that only could have been told one time. It's two sets of characters going at each other and blasting stereotypes at each other. Like, oh wow, you don't like mosquitoes because we don't get mosquitoes in New York. Yeah, we're we're gonna be tenting. She seems to be confused by the fact that like like when when they said the words camp that she was gonna be in a Ramada in. She doesn't do tents, and it's like, well, what what the fuck did you expect, lady? Yeah, the whole thing is just, it's bullshit. I mean, its it doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know why she's there in the first place. And she also, like, goes kicking and screaming and then later on in the movie says, well, I don't really want to go back yet. Oh, yes, because this is the first time she's involved in something, Zach. She's having the time of her life now. After This was after the second person dies. But anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, We're exactly. jumping way ahead. Jumping yeah. ahead, yeah. Well, we do get some, uh, thankfully, some early uh, Betty White here. This is where I guess they're going to just sort of question the locals who live on the lake um, once the everyone's sort of together. The one local, that's right. The only person who lives on the lake. And that's uh, so we got Sheriff, we got Brendan Gleason, Bill Pullman, and Bridget Fonda. Um, and they go to question, you know, if she's seen anything, this or that. She plays uh, Betty White, she plays Dolores Bickerman, who's this sort of, yeah, elderly widow living near the lake. Throughout this conversation, she confesses to murdering her husband. Um, and there's no, one no does real anything. consequence yeah. of this. <laughs> Well, because they don't yeah. believe her. Yes. Um, but she seems very forthright. And again, it's just the sweet old lady. You know, it's Betty White. And this was at her time in the in her career anyway, late 90s. She was not in the public eye. Like she was not doing movies. No. And despite her long and illustrious career, it was just not someone many people thought of at the time. And so this movie, as weird as it is, the fact that they put her in such a, a you know, a character, a stock character that she is used to playing, you know, the sweet kind of aloof older lady. But then they give her this fucking dialogue, like she's calling people fuck meat and all this other weird shit, cocksuckers and stuff, just to yeah, hear her sh- say these yeah, words. shit stick. It's ridiculous. It is. And she, I mean, obviously it's the best part of the movie. But this sort of blew up her career from here. That At, at this point, it was a few years after this, I think she got the proposal with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, and even that kind of kept her in the public eye for a lot longer than she got the hot in Cleveland show. And again, I, I don't necessarily think that we have, you know, we remember Betty White fondly because of this movie, but I do think it sort of introduced her to a, a generation of moviegoers or, or film lovers uh, that maybe hadn't, uh, you know, seen her before. Yeah. That's that 20 years later, they'd be posting on Twitter, even though they can't remember anything she's in. Ooh, shots fired on you, audience. But yeah, it's a fun little scene, but at first you're not quite sure where she even really plays into this whole thing um, or or why she's behaving so, I wouldn't say erratically, she's just very blunt and, uh, and vulgar. When she mentions that she killed her husband, I couldn't tell if she was like trying to be annoyingly sarcastic, and it, did, it wasn't helped that like, Brendan Gleeson is rolling his eyes and everybody's just looking around saying, is she being serious? What's going on? So it's, again, this dialogue is just uh, killing me at this point. Uh, Well, just when you thought there's really no way they can add another sarcastic asshole into the mix, um, in flies Oliver Platt in a helicopter that looks like a crocodile (laughs) or it's got a crocodile skin on it. Oh, great. I'm going to love this character. (laughs) Sarcasm, Brandon. Uh, a mythology professor and crocodile enthusiast. This is Hector Seer. And uh, yeah, man, he is, uh, what a wacky character this guy is. He, he seems to, you know, re- just be obsessed, frankly, with crocodiles and somehow believes that uh, what attacked this man in the lake, you better believe it, it's a fucking crocodile. A saltwater crocodile. And he keeps coming up with 
vague answers for why it possibly could have entered the lake, but no one seems to really know. <laughs> like, there's never a hard answer for how this thing got here. It could have swam up from the ocean, Brandon. Yeah, because they well they mention that it's an Asian alligator, I believe, and that they well later some on asshole. after they see yes. it. Right, after yes, they of see course. It, they mention it's an Asian alligator. Now they just think it's like an alligator from the Everglades or something. Right, yeah, because it could have just swam up, even though, yeah, it's fucking cold as hell. I guess if it's the summer, and then they mention this whole thing about as long as its nostrils don't freeze, I guess it can survive. Either way. Yeah, the, he, he blasts a lot of alligator knowledge at us that I'm not super positive is true the the nostril thing actually sounds like something i may have heard before sure the swim underwater and then it can't see you bit i don't know about that i don't think that's a real thing i don't know man you probably should trust hector seer yes no (laughs) (laughs) so he demands to see you know where the man was killed on the lake he's convinced it's a crocodile um because yeah i guess we're pretty close to the ocean here but they head out on the lake uh, Kelly and Hank's canoe is flipped over. No one is attacked here, uh, but they do discover a severed human toe when they return to shore, and that's of the uh, scuba diver from the beginning. So just to give a taste of what this dialogue is like throughout this entire movie, dead man, all we have is his toe. Oliver Platt holds up the toe to <laughs> Brendan Gleeson and asks, was this the man who was killed? And Brendan Gleeson replies, he seemed taller. That's the stuff we're getting. Yeah, that's the stuff we're getting. This whole movie. <sighs> All right, this is the whole fucking movie. It's a drag. It's a drag. <laughs> it sucks so hard. Like I just don't want. I just want someone to have a genuine interaction with someone. Yes, it all just feels so staged and sitcommy. Um, but but because it, it just they keep pummeling you with it. The same dialogue again and again. It does at least start to feel consistent by I'd say halfway through you're like all right well I guess I'm just this is what it is and I'm into it now like yeah but then but then you start to get actual conversations and those somehow become less convincing because the whole because the whole movie is just we're mean to each other 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 and then you're right it does feel more consistent when they keep up with this shitty dialogue but then when they have actual like meaningful conversations that's when those start to feel less genuine because those feel forced and those feel staged and it's just you mean like the the lakeside heart to heart with jack and kelly uh yeah exactly like the lakeside heart to heart with jack and kelly who have no reason to start liking each other at all other than that they're good looking people exactly they're fit and they can fuck if they wanted to we'll see If they wanted to yeah uh, who does want to fuck, by the way, Hector, super horny. He keeps trying to sleep with uh, Meredith Salinger as this deputy here. In fact, he throws a party that night uh, on the shore because he claims that, um, you know, crocodiles are attracted to noise. So he's trying to get it out there, I guess. And Hank, the sheriff, wakes up to take a piss. He does hear a noise. And the only reason I want to mention this is because it's such a weird <laughs> it's such a weird cut. He hears this noise. He's like kind of like wondering what the sound is. So he pulls back some branches to reveal Hector. And Oliver Platt screaming, Jesus fucking Christ! (laughs) It just comes out of nowhere and it truly shocked me. Like, oh my God. Like, that's one of his jump scares is Oliver Platt's face screaming at you. 
uh, in the darkness. But yeah, he, he's setting yeah. a spring trap. And then two men in their underwear, like yelling at each other. Uh, so Zach, what did you think about these two guys specifically? Their relationship over this movie obviously starts off, and and for the most part, is a very antagonistic one. But I feel like the uh, the scriptwriter here really wants us to feel like these two guys are fucking best buds by the end of it. Yeah, he's going for an odd couple thing, and I don't think it lands by the end of this movie. I don't think he does enough. Um, I like honestly, I just felt. Brendan Gleeson's contempt for this whole movie <laughs> coming through, taking it out. I it's probably the best performance of the movie because you could just tell that like it Brendan Gleeson's just not having fun. <laughs> and he just and he's taking it out on like, okay, you're supposed to hate Hector. So I think he just channeled that into his performance. He's well, Hector is the movie. <laughs> uh let's see. So the next day they continue their search um underwater. As uh, Jack and Hector dive this time, they do find a, a dead moose, but no evidence of a killer croc um, until something starts pulling on the boat and dragging it by the anchor. Um, now, there is another deputy on board who we've never met before, which, of course, means this guy's going to fucking die. He's definitely dead. This guy's got to die. I don't yeah. even know his name. Yeah. Why is he there? Yeah, and die he does. Yeah. Uh, crocodile jumps out of the water. He's a red shirt. And rips this guy's head clean off. It's pretty cool, although you don't see much because it happens so fast, but we do get a pretty sweet decapitated body. And that is the last death, human death, you will see in this movie. Yeah, and um, we're still, we got halfway to go. I think we're at like maybe 35, 40 minutes into this 82 minute long movie. And yeah, all the kills are done. That's sad. Yeah, it's really disappointing because both the kills have been enjoyable probably the most enjoyable part of the movie yeah and the, the crazy part is i just want to actually be able to watch this alligator kill somebody the first kill we had like quick cuts of like close-ups of of jaws on this guy's legs just kind of munching around and this is in such a quick flash you barely see it when he gets decapitated this deputy here i just want to watch this fucking thing munch on some some people maul somebody instead no but we do um get back to shore the sheriff once again gets stuck in a trap, chases Hector afterwards because he's super fed up with his shit, and just then, big-ass bear <laughs> runs through, stands next to the water as if he's about to deliver that uh, Sam Jackson deep blue sea speech, and then, like in that movie, the fucking alleg- or crocodile, I'm sorry, leaps out of the water, pulls this goddamn CGI bear in, all while it's screaming and shit. Dude, I- as a kid, this blew my mind. Watching it today at the dated CGI it still brings yeah. a smile to my face just because it's so fucking out of nowhere. And it's hilarious. This is funny to me. It's crazy. It is It is about as deep blue sea Sam Jackson-y as you can get. Because um, <laughs> I, I remember the bear jumping out and me almost rolling my eyes because I was like, oh, here we fucking go. Now they have a bear. <laughs> and it's just, and then he eats it and I'm, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got me, movie. Yeah, this bear like, yeah. oh, right. fuck. Oh, <laughs> dragged in uh gives me a laugh every time oh yeah this was exactly too where i did pause it and i looked at the timeline we are all we are at this point exactly halfway through the movie two kills three if you count the bear we got a whole lot more arguing than kills here um i don't count the bear by the way <laughs> we can't count the bear yeah or the moose because that was off screen yeah. uh but the bears also no by far my favorite also, also no alligator farts so far Oh, yeah, not a single croc fart, dude. What are you doing, Lake Placid? What yeah. are you doing? Oh, excuse me, crocodile. It is. Don't, yeah, don't fuck that up. Man. Yeah. But yeah, uh, these these fights just keep continuing, uh, more so between Hank the Sheriff and Hector. 
fights between them, and then we've got our little nighttime heart-to-hearts be- between uh, Jack and Kelly there. She's got to stitch him up, or not stitch him up, but heal his wound, and who knows, maybe if uh, maybe they'll grow closer together, although they exhibit no chemistry whatsoever. This is when I got up to like change exercise machines. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, okay. Because, man, 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 do I not give a shit about this couple. Well, simultaneously, we're also starting to feel as though uh, the sheriff and Hector, maybe they're also becoming buds because now they're watching like nature documentaries and, and researching and shit. And I do love Hector keeps getting asked the question again and again throughout this movie. How did a crocodile get to Maine? And there's a point in the movie. I think it's like, yeah, it's like right here where him and Brendan Gleeson are talking. He he's get, gets it asked again. There's a big dolly in on his face. And he's just like, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's like the screenwriter throwing his hands the up movie, too, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah the movie is just telling you don't fucking worry about it <laughs> don't worry about it everything's fine we're all good we're there's a crocodile <laughs> we we move on from here so the next day while out exploring they come across the uh head of the deputy who was decapitated and this is where uh they witness betty white from afar feeding this crocodile one of her cows Turns out she's been doing this for the last six years, I guess. I don't know how she's able to keep these cattle alive and well. Um, it also just seems like a huge waste to, you know, get a cow, a calf from birth to get to are, like full grown maturity. Cows are fucking yeah. expensive. And she's just yeah. feeding it to this goddamn crocodile. So they end up questioning her. Uh, this is really where Betty White's given most of her, her screen time here. Uh, she basically explains kind of how the crocodile got here, where it followed her husband home one time after fishing and uh, eventually just kind of kept staying by the lake, the lakeside here, coming back and forth when it wanted and eventually killed the husband as he was trying to intervene one time when it was trying to eat uh, one of their horses, I guess. But Betty White never reported it because she knew that the authorities would come track it down and kill it. And she didn't want that because I guess she just enjoys its company And that brings us to where we are now. Several people are dead. And uh, Betty White's telling people, or police officers rather, that if she had a dick, this is where she'd tell them to suck it. Mm. She's put on house arrest. Calls Brendan Gleeson officer fuck me. Which, by the way, Zach, if we still had DJ names, I think that'd be my DJ name. DJ DJ fuck me. me. Yeah, Yeah. DJ fuck me. Meanwhile, Hector decides to take uh, Deputy Gare out. That's uh, Meredith Salinger on a trip in his helicopter. Decides to land it on the lake to go for a little diving. He wants to find the crocodile's lair. Uh, But out here, out on the lake, he is actually confronted by the creature face-to-face in what is, I would say, again, struggling to find moments in this movie that are genuinely tense. This moment here, the way it's shot, because again, we haven't really talked about how they go about the effects here. A lot of it, when it's in motion, is this CGI and uh, doesn't hold yeah. up all that well. It's not the worst. It's 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 honestly par for the course of 1999. Probably, I, I was going to say, probably looked great in 99. That's the thing, yeah. Because this, again, it's coming out the same year as The Matrix, The Mummy, Deep Blue Sea. This is when they're really pumping those money, those dollars into these effects. But, in my opinion, someone who greatly appreciates practical over CGI, I do appreciate when they use this just giant fucking you know, animatronic puppet they've got going on. Uh, that does yeah. move, and whenever they put this thing on camera, it looks pretty good. Stan Winston's, you know, the man. So this this shit looks good, and I do think this scene here, at least, does try to pump out some tension, this whole bit where he's just staring at it in the face, slowly backing up towards his helicopter. Um, you know, at least there's some sense of danger, it seems. I Yeah, uh, it feels like a forced scene to me, though, because... It, it very well could be. 
Yeah. yeah, there really isn't any reason for him to get into the water. I mean, they try and explain it away with his character, but it, it really, it's it's kind of like, well, there's a lack of alligator and we need we need one more scene with the alligator. That's what it feels like to me. And again, I just, I wish he had died. I like it. It's nothing against his character at this point. I just wish more people had died in this movie. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like even even if I like seeing these actors on screen, not a fan of their characters, but just welcome sights. All of these actors, I do. It, it would just add some stakes to this because yeah, they, they all seem like they're untouchable. Yeah, a sense of urgency. Yeah. I mean, it was at the point where he escapes this scene because he does get away. Yeah, he like sets off an inflatable raft or something that distracts it long enough for him to get back in the helicopter. Yeah, it. I mean, it was at this point when I saw him get away that I knew no one else was dying. Yep. Maybe, maybe Brendan Gleeson towards yep. the end, like, w- would have been like a sacrificial, like, oh, you know, we got to stop this alligator and then like jumps in and like does something, but... I, I genuinely, at this point, I was not concerned that any of these main characters were going anywhere. Maine characters. <laughs> that is bad. Because it takes place in Maine, Aroostook County, the county. Despite nearly being killed by it, he uh, Hector is adamant that he really wants to make sure that this you know majestic creature is not killed. It's a freak of science. We got to keep this thing alive. I don't know what we're gonna do with it, but we got to keep it alive somehow. They want to put it in like an empty oil tank in. Uh, in Portland. That's right. Yes, for now until they figure out what to do with it. So they hire or they call in Florida Fishing Game, um, who's on their way to murk this motherfucker, I guess, because you know yeah. they'll kill down there. Oh, we know. We know a thing or two about Gator. <laughs> Crocodiles. Hector wants to make sure that they try and like lure him out on land because they have enough trank juice, I guess, to put it to sleep to at least get it to Portland. So that's the plan. But how are they going to do that? Well. Uh, they need bait, I guess. So they take one of Betty White's cows. They hoist it in a sling and sort of go fishing with it. They're like bobbing it in the water up and down, having it thrash and kick, trying to attract this gator. A, cro- a crocodile. God damn it. Crocodile. Jesus. I know. Yeah, I was actually concerned during this scene because it looks like they're using a, they're torturing a real cow. It is a real cow. Yeah. I'm sure there was a PETA message at the end saying no one was hurt, but I didn't get to that point. I am thankful that they at least have that one shot of the cow walking away at the end of it so we know it's all right. It's good. I mean, unless they used a second cow. Oof. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is... Uh... I it, like genuinely this, this cow looks distressed and I, I just could have done without it. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I This is where also Betty White does call them all. You're all cocksuckers. <laughs> they kind of are. But it does work. It eventually draws this uh, crocodile in. It takes all day. But by nightfall, just as they're wrapping up, crocodile approaches and uh, somehow winds up taking the helicopter down. There's some sort of malfunction that causes that to crash into the lake. Um, and yeah, we get this whole bit where we finally get to see this thing on land. Again, it's at it's at night, so it I think that helps the CGI some here. But there's this yeah, whole it does the Jurassic Park bit a little bit. Yes, yeah. And at this point, I honestly did you know first time seeing it, and I think people watching it for the first time, you might think that this is the part where Gleason dies because he's of course running into the water with his big gun, this gun we've hinted at the whole movie that like one shot and it's dead. Um. Which yeah. I kind of like because it sets it up as though like, oh, this gun's not going to work. <laughs> but we've It's a grenade launcher, though. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so 
as um yeah hector is like kind of stuck on the helicopter uh the crocodile jumps out of the water almost kills gleason but they get away in time but it does knock kelly somehow not only out of the truck but like into the water and then we get this whole sort well, of chase she, bit here. She runs into the water. For oh, that's reason. right. Yeah, she's knocked out of the truck, and then she just, yeah, jumps into the water, starts swimming to the helicopter, and there's this, yeah, chase underwater bit here. I do think this is well photographed. There's a there's like one or two great shots, I think, of the, yeah. out, the crocodile like opening its jaws right around her as she's stuck in between like a tree or log in between uh, the jaws. Pretty cool bit. Yeah, it, it it looks really good underwater, actually. I was surprised that not more of this movie is underwater. And it does somehow just get like stuck in the helicopter after it, it yeah, chases Kelly and uh, Hector. They jump off the helicopter, make it back to shore, and it's sort of just stuck in there. And there's this whole back and forth on whether they should destroy it or keep it sedated. And then, yeah, Bill Pullman this whole time just like, give me the gun, shoot it, shoot it, give me the gun. Takes the gun, and uh, as Bridget Fonda thinks he's about to, you know, put one between the eyes, it's just another trank. He's a good guy, he cares about aminals. Aminals, man. I'm Bill Pullman. <laughs> I'm handsy. I'm handsome. I quiet, and I got a paycheck for this movie. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, he did. I he just I I I know we mentioned this in the beginning, but I can't reiterate enough how fucking little he's doing in this movie. Yeah, he's saddled with the one character who I will say, you know does get those sarcastic one-liners here and there, but is at least the most grounded out of everyone. But it's only because he's just could not give a shit to be there. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's just this like very laid back <laughs> delivery on every line. There's no sense of urgency. Even when there's a goddamn like crocodile chasing him, he's still just cool as shit. Bill Pullman. This is not this is not my Independence Day. Just when they think they've tranked this one, uh, another one comes out of the water out of nowhere. Holy shit, Zach. Didn't like this. Didn't, Didn't like this. <laughs> I, interesting. Yeah. No. Did not like this. I thought it was stupid as fuck. I was like, what do you mean there were two? There are two. There are two. After he's bit on the leg and um, Hank shoots the second one, uh, one shot in his stupid head and it blows up dead. Yeah. Hilarious. Humans win. <laughs> I, I do. I will say him just shooting the second one, like no questions asked because they this whole like ethical, like we shouldn't kill it. Like we should study it because- you know, for whatever, it goes on for so fucking long in this movie. And then yeah. for Brendan Gleeson, just like no hesitation, no questions asked, just fucking blows up this second one. <laughs> Genuinely made me laugh a little bit. I was like, okay, okay, that's funny. Now we're back to one. Yeah. And somehow uh, through all of this, uh, we're meant to believe that Hank's sort of grown uh, close or at least grown to care for Hector. He's the only one who decides to ride back in the ambulance with him. After his leg attack there from Crocodile Two. Well, it's because he and, realized uh, that uh, Bill Pullman and friggin' Kelly are friggin', you know, they want a giving, little alone time. Each other yeah, he wants to tag some beaver. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Brandon. So, so soon after the old uh, Florida Fish and Game officers arrive, they load the neutralized crocodile onto a big old truck there, and they're yeah, gonna take it to Portland, Maine, to figure out sort of what to do with it. And that's when Jack and Kelly they say their goodbyes, but uh, wouldn't you know it. Kelly comes back. Does, what does no one in Maine make a move? And then he moves the stuff on his 
passenger side, you know, seat there in the truck. And she's like, oh, what, that's your move? Just get in the truck. Then they're just mean to each other again for like another four lines. And it goes on for way longer than you would think. Yeah. And they drive off and that's it. There's no kiss. There's no I know a little bar. I kind of miss the crocodile. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I love it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. God. Yeah. Then they drive. You're right. They drive off. And that's the last we ever see these two people. Sadly, yeah, because they don't come back for Lake Placid Legacy. Um, but we well, do end up with uh, Betty White, who's kind of walking along the edge of her little dock here. She sets uh, her feet in the water and starts throwing some uh, hunks of uh, <laughs> breadcrumbs, essentially, to like five baby crocodiles in the lake. Zach, how did this one make you feel? I saw it coming. <laughs> I don't, like, I, I don't know. Like, uh, well, like, yeah, if there's two just, crocodiles, I was just like, obviously oh, they're yeah. a pair. They're, yeah, they're obviously they're, they're a mating couple. and Babies. 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 Yeah, babies. And and God forbid you not leave it open for a sequel. Or five. <laughs> or five. <laughs> and then we do get that one shot, which is just crazy to, to actually look at. It's this fucking giant 30-foot crocodile strapped to a, a tractor-trailer truck driving down the interstate. <laughs> Didn't understand the point of that last shot other than just like, here's the crocodile. Yeah, I have a feeling that's just like the actual prop they need to get back to the warehouse that they just shot, (laughs) took a shot of while they were bringing it back. But at the same time, could you imagine passing that thing? No, I'd turn the car around and follow it and be like, wait a second. Holy shit. Well, Zach, I mean, that's Lake Placid. Do you want to start off with, I know you're going to be more negative on this, or you want me to bring yeah, it? Why yeah. Why don't you dive in? Yeah, I'll, I'll start off with the negativity of it. Um, it's boring as fuck. <laughs> it just, it is. It's boring as hell. Um, I just, you know, I can't get over the dialogue issues in this movie. And it, it makes way more sense knowing that the writer does mostly television yes. and hadn't really done a movie before, because it just does read as as a bad sitcom. Um, cause no one's nice to each other and that works in a sitcom when, you know, you can resolve the stories in, in 20 minutes and, and everybody still loves each other, but just, this isn't a sitcom. It's 80 minutes of just mean, 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 mean. And as far as it, you know, it being a horror movie goes, it's boring as shit too. I mean, there's the, like hardly anybody dies. Um, there's no real jump scares, like maybe one or two. Nothing's really happening because no one's dying. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like a couple people get tossed into the water and then the scene just ends. So, yeah, I, I just feel like it's a very hollow, empty movie. Um, it, it's got the shell and the making of sort of that creature feature, that or that horror, thriller, comedy, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It's got all the makings for it. It just never comes together because the writing's bad and, and the plot in general is kind of empty. Um, Betty White is not worth the price of admission. Look, she's great. Rest in peace, you know, but I, I it's not worth tuning in for a full 82 minutes. Like, go look up the YouTube clips if you want to see Betty White calling someone a fuckstick. Like, it's... Yeah, the yeah. cast is amazing. Again, Bill Pullman is not giving a shit. Brendan Gleeson, I feel like stopped giving a shit halfway through. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I I I can see maybe if you got some nostalgia for it, there's a little bit to go on. Um, but other than that, if you're fresh to this movie, I it's just worth skipping. Go watch Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> which which if you yeah. go back to yeah if you go back to our Deep Blue Sea episode, I had things to say about that. Yeah. 
movie, but that's that's the standard for it that I would rather just watch Deep Blue Sea because at least that one really leans into the ridiculousness of what's going on. Agreed. This movie tries and never really does it. Um uh, what did we say it was a 63 a 64 on a Rotten Tomatoes which actually is higher a than 47. I thought it would be. Yeah. higher yeah higher than I thought um I'm I'm probably right about there I'm gonna say about a 45 I just uh you know it, it holds up remarkably well um in terms of cinematography and uh some of the practical effects the cgi doesn't look as great um but it's well shot and i'm and i was surprised at that and the parts where they do kind of lean into the the goriness and the horror aspect of it they work really well it's just there's just not enough there so Yeah. yeah about a 45 i don't think it's very good but um you know if you're nostalgic about it there's probably something there for you. Yeah, I'll agree. This is, uh, it's no Deep Blue Sea, you know, it's, it's no, it doesn't have the old LL Cool J with a parrot, you know, so automatically it's deepest, bluest. My head is like a shark's fin. Doesn't have a, a rap song at the, over the end credits either, so there's a ding. Plus no crock fart. That's true. Yeah, there was no crock fart. Not a single crock fart. Not a single human <laughs> fart, too, for all the fat yeah. jokes that we throw around in this movie. <laughs> exactly. You've got Oliver Platt and Brendan Gleeson and no farts. And no farts. And Bill Pullman. <laughs> I can't necessarily say I was bored, despite the fact that you're right, so little actually happens in the movie that I can completely understand why anyone would would get a, would get bored watching this. Um, yeah. This was one of those where, and I find it difficult to do, and I'm, I'm sure you do too, Zach, on some of these movies where you have just seen it so many times that it is a real like look within yourself to be like, is this actually any good or... Have I just seen it so many yeah. times that it's just part of my life growing up? You've convinced yourself exactly. that it's, exactly. it's an important movie to you, and I get that. Yeah, but and so you're that's right. Not what, that's not our goal here. Yeah, and, and to think about this as an actual, just a movie, it, it does fail in a lot of aspects. I will agree with you on the cast is is far better than it should be for a film like this. But it, it really comes down, and the direction, I think it's a well, like you said, a well-shot movie. Stan Winston's effects are great. Um, again, the CGI, not great, but for the time I can kind of forgive it, but it all comes down to really the, all of the problems I have with this movie are it's script and, and the fact that it is so, uh, me, I wouldn't say mean spirited, but the characters themselves just feel so, so unlikable that it's hard to root for really anyone. Despite me liking these actors, I do think Betty White gets a lot of laughs and a lot of mileage out of the few scenes she's in. But again, out of an 82 minute long, long movie, I think she has maybe four minutes of screen time. So, you know, take that as you will. But it's four minutes out of this movie that uh, glad they're there, but they don't make the movie. And so a couple good scenes here and there. I do like the few kills we do get. And again, that cinematography, and I just like the setting. Again, it's, it's, it seems dumb for me to say because I'm from Maine, but we just get so few movies that feel like this. And the fact that it's a creature feature with a crocodile in a place that it shouldn't be is sort of a bit novel. And so, yeah, it, it's not a good movie. I do think it's like a two out of five, a two out of four star movie. And so I am going to kind of match really what critics said too. I'm going to give it like a 50, 55. It's, it's something that I know I'll probably go back to at some point again. Not anytime soon. And I do believe that if you had the nostalgia for it, you might find some 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 good in there. I don't think it it's not a movie that I'm revisiting, realizing it's a it was like a piece of shit or anything like that. I think it's always been this way. And if you like these sort of campy B movie, um, you know, creature features, you'll probably find something to like in here. But it's not as scary as Jaws. It's not as funny as Tremors. And it's trying to be some sort of an amalgamation of both. And I do think it fails in that respect. 
But I do think as a movie overall, it's watchable. It's not the worst we've done on this show. Um, and again, I think for the time period, it kind of fits right in with that Anaconda, Deep Blue Sea, like wheelhouse. So I, I, I kind of forgave a lot of its dumber parts, but the characters and script really bring this one down for me. Would you rather watch this movie or Deep Blue Sea? Oh, Deep Blue Sea in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say- You do love and Deep again, Blue Sea. Yeah. <laughs> I do, and we talked about that on that show. Yeah. But but according, I, I mean, even what you said, though, I do, that movie leans into it. It really does. And I think this movie is trying to be a little smarter than it actually is. And that is where I kind of have the faults with it. Like, it's too smarmy and sarcastic to, like, believe these characters or the situations. And so, yeah. I just, yeah, I think that's where it kind of is hurtful. I think if you're just going to go that route of, like, horror, super, almost borderline supernatural animal you know, attack thing. It, it, Deep Blue Sea takes place in a super secret government lab with like scientifically bred fucking killer sharks. Yeah. This one takes place in a lake in Maine. You know <laughs> exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's There's just, your excitement level. It, yeah. If you if you want to go fucking insanity B movie scary creature feature, fucking do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Don't honestly have this take place at a summer camp in Maine kill like seven kids better movie oh definitely better movie yeah maybe that's what the sequel's about i'll have to yeah we just <laughs> never to kill more those. teenagers <laughs> oh boy i am glad we got to at least cross it off the list because it's one i've been asking you to do for quite some yeah, time you have, and, uh, and i'm <laughs> glad it's gone and i'm gonna get you but back you are because next week's movie before we get into there is one that you've uh, mentioned several times before and uh <laughs> we're finally off yeah. in there but before we get there zach anything you uh watched over the last week or so not really Love is Blind? <laughs> uh, yeah, Love is Blind season two, and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> fucking finale premieres today. I'm so nice. excited. As the oh time of recording, it premieres today, and I'm fucking pumped. But uh, yeah, other than that, really nothing much. Yeah, the only one I got to was the uh, that new Texas Chainsaw Massacre there on Netflix. Um, oh, you got to that, huh? <laughs> I did. And uh, for uh, a franchise as inconsistent as that one, I, I mean, no two, no two movies are alike in it, and there's like nine of them. They all keep just scrapping the continuity of the ones before it this one it's got some good kills but it is dumb as a fucking rock <laughs> man oh, is yeah. it stupid and for like when they do these legacy sequels like the halloween the candy man where they're like erasing the other sequels to go to the original this yeah. is one that just doesn't seem to really remember the original that well because it just doesn't make sense in terms of he was like 20 leatherface we're supposed to believe in 1974 is like 20 or so like he's a full-grown man who lives right. with his family. He's like a mentally stunted cannibal. And then 50 years later, almost, he's, I imagine he's got to be pushing 70, if not 70 something by this point. Yeah. And he's now in an orphanage. But where did his farm and his family go? Did he go to an orphanage after the events of the first? Fi I don't know. It's just like, if you're going to do the follow the first one, I mean, at least remember what, that, what happened one. in the first yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, follow that first one. Ah, but again, that not sucks. the worst of the series, but you don't need to watch it unless you're, uh, you know, a gorehound. All right. Yeah, whatever. Ah, man, I love that first Chainsaw Massacre movie, and it oh, just genuinely great. Never, yeah, they've never really came up to bat with anything after that that could be considered any good. No, but, no. And by the way, I listened to our episode on the uh, remake there. That's up there on the feed. Yeah. Was it bad? Was it a bad episode? I can't remember. I know we didn't love it. I know we didn't love it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I remember hating that movie, and I own it because I accidentally ended up purchasing it. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, you were pissed. You had to spend like yeah, fifteen bucks. Or legitimate, <laughs> legitimately super angry that, that I accidentally had to buy that movie. <laughs> like, oh boy. Well, thankfully, I think our next pick is on Hulu right now, streaming currently. Right? Yes, it is, uh, and it is a movie that touches my childhood so freaking rock hard, Brandon. <laughs> I can't imagine the amount of rock puns we'll get into. Oh, we're going to get so many rock puns in the Flintstones movie. Good fucking God. 1994, I have not seen this since I was a little kid. It has been genuinely, we say this a lot, like, oh, it's probably been 20 years. It's been 20 years since I've seen the Flintstones. I think I got, like, high and watched it a couple years ago. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right, yeah. I'm so fucking excited. It's it's like... uh... I you know I'll watch it sober just because that's kind of what we go for on this podcast. But I gotta tell yeah. you, the, this movie I wouldn't begrudge any of our audience members if they got a little messed up and watched this movie because it, <laughs> it makes it so much better. But, <laughs> but I'm it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's it's got a fucking amazing cast. So I think I think we're gonna have some really good things and some really, really bad things to say about this movie. It's a fucking cartoon. It's a live action cartoon. It's great. Oh, gosh. But yes, it is currently streaming on Hulu. So if you want to check that out before the episode drops, feel free to do so. And if you want to check out any of our previous episodes, you can do so by searching uh, nbd.podbean.com. That's where we're originally hosted. However, you can find us on any of those uh, podcast apps, Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you download your podcast. We should be there. Yeah. Uh, don't forget to please, please, please write us a review. It really helps the show and lets us know if we're doing bad. Um, don't forget to share it with a friend because that really helps us. Um, and also, if you have any requests or you have any hate mail that you want to send to us, you can always write us at nostalgiabedamnedpod at gmail.com. And if you you can also shoot us a line at uh, on Twitter or on Instagram. Those are the two uh, the ones there that we're at. But yeah, good. Got all the fucking shilling out of the way, okay? Yeah, we don't check Facebook anymore. And yeah, we, no, we're we done don't. with that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, now back to our lives where there's a fucking war in Eastern Europe. So. And we talked about a giant fucking crocodile movie. Yeah. We're doing all right. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. <laughs>